the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 560, The Answer. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Welcome back to this week's edition of Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Normally, I, I, I start off the show, you know, with a monologue or, you know, I want to discuss something. But today, I'm going to do a little bit a little bit differently. Um, I just want to thank everybody. I'm telling you, when I first started Black and White Radio Facebook page, um, it was hard to get people to come and 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 follow like the page and then we just went on a streak of what maybe like 30 something people in a year's time we we jumped up to 10,000 then we jumped up to 14,000 then COVID hit when COVID hit when the George Floyd thing went down Facebook basically shadow banned me and I was at like 14 13,900 and something and for two and a half years, almost three years, I stayed right there at that plateau. Couldn't move no matter what I did. Um, people wouldn't see my show. And then I get a message from Facebook sent, telling me that they're recommending my page again. And I went from 14,300 just from just from this this last week. I was at 14,390 something last week, last Saturday. I am now at almost 21,000 followers. And a lot of it had to do, I, I posted a, uh, a clip from uh, TikTok of Deputy Frank Slaup from Arizona. He pulled over a little kid, a little whiny little kid, and it just exploded. Then I posted this clip, which is, I mean, this is not indicative of how the show is going to go, but this is just me wanted, wanting to say thank you for all the people that have you know, followed me. And then I posted this Richard Pryor clip with Chevy Chase, which has now garnered over 2.6 million impressions. The Frank Slout, 2.9 million impressions. But I just wanted to start the, the show off with something funny today because sometimes we get so entrenched in what's happening in the world that we forget to laugh. And I don't think this could be played today. And I'm going to play all of 200, all two minutes and 21 seconds of this. Because it was funny. And I hope we can, I hope we can get, well, I won't be able, yes, I will. I better play it now. Here it is. Hi, Mr. Wilson, you've done just fine on the Rorschach. Your papers are in good order. The file's fine. No difficulty with your motor skills. And I think you're probably pretty ready for this job. We got one more 
uh, kind of psychological test we always do here. It's just a word association. I'll uh, throw you out a few words. Uh, anything that comes to your mind, just throw it back at me, okay? Just kind of an arbitrary thing. Like if I said dog, you'd say... Tree. Tree. <laughs> dog. Tree. Fast. Slow. Rain. Snow. White. Black. Bean. Pod. Negro. Whitey. Tar baby. What'd you say? Tar baby. Oh, Faye. <laughs> Colored. Redneck. Jungle bunny. Pack of wood. <laughs> Burhead. Cracker. Spear chucker. White trash. Jungle bunny. Hunker. Spade. Hunker, hunker. Dead hunker. That was the use of the N word. I think you're qualified for this job. Uh, how about a starting salary of $5,000? Your mama. Uh, $7,500 a year. Your grandma. $15,000, Mr. Wilson. You'll be the highest paid janitor in America. Just don't, don't hurt me, please. Okay. 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 You want me to start now? Oh, no, no, no. It's all right. I'll clean all this up. But take a couple of weeks off. You look tired. You know, I, I I played that because, you know, there was a time when 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 people could say and use words, and they weren't as demonized as they are today, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have my next guest on because I, I I've been watching him, and I I remember he was on a C-SPAN um, interview talking about his book Twenty Five Lies, and and. It was one of the I, I I saw this guy and I'm like who is this guy, because it's so refreshing when you when you're able to see a black man speak his truth unquestioned. Um, well, I'm sure they question him. I'm, I'm sure they question question his sanity because I know because that's how they question my sanity. But uh, I wanted to have him on because I think he's a voice for this generation because he understands. The fight, the real fight that's happening, not just here in America, but across the world. His name is Vince Everett Ellison. Check this out. He was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County, Tennessee. He had parents who were sharecroppers. And it was through hard work and a belief in Jesus Christ, his parents pulled him and his seven siblings out of poverty. He worked for five years as a correctional officer at the Media Maxim Kirkland Correctional Institution in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, he also then went into the nonprofit work. I didn't know this, though, about him. In 2000, Vince received the GOP nomination for the South Carolina 6th Congressional District. He's written many books, The Iron, Tri the Iron Triangle Inside the Liberal Pl Democrat Plan, To Use Race to Divide Christians in America in Their Quest for Power, and How We Can Defeat Them. That's always the most important part. 
and 25 Lives, which became which both became Amazon number one bestsellers. And I've had the privilege of reading his newest book, Crime Inc. Vince Everett Ellison, welcome to Black and Right. Hey, man, I'm happy to be with you, brother. Thank you for that great introduction, and thank you for the nice things you said about me. No problem. I mean, listen, your book's proof. I, I don't think um, I, I had to say any of those things. As, I, as I've been reading your book, especially Crime Inc., uh, it's, it's really been uh, an eye-opener. And I think so many more people need to go out and get that book, Crime Inc., wherever books are sold. Um, but, 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 Vince, here, I, I've seen a lot of your interviews. And, and in your book, Crime Inc., you talk about where did the influence of today's Democrat, Democrat Party derive? Um, where did it derive? And, and, and how has it, and in my opinion, this is what I believe, how has it stymied black production, black excellence, and black... Um, because I believe the Democrat Party really doesn't care a thing about the black people. So where did this power derive? Yeah, it's sprang straight out of Moscow. Um, I, I compared the Democratic Party to a crime organization, and a lot of these crime organizations in America, like the Mafia and the Triad and, you know, MS-13, they all came from foreign countries. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Mafia came from Italy. Uh, the MS-13 came from South America, and the Triad came from uh, Asia. Well, this 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 um uh, this Democratic Party today is not your mother and father's or your grandparents' Democrat Party. That Democratic Party is just a group of uh, ignorant rabble and Ku Klux Klansmen and racists. This one is, is a sophisticated crime organization, and it's straight out of Moscow, straight out of Russia, and it got and it got there through the civil rights movement. Um, uh, in 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 1956, Taylor Branch wrote that in 1956 that the communists in Moscow gave their their um, uh, spies in the civil rights movement in, in order to turn the black community into a replica of the Soviet Union, and they did that. So they did the the the, the, the civil rights movement. A lot of Marxists, a lot of communists, a lot of weirdos in it. And um, <laughs> um, the, the the number one uh, communist was a guy by the name of Stanley Levinson, and he was introduced to Martin Luther King Jr. by another communist by the name of Bayard Rustin, and they re- recruited King and. Um, um, and King became the, the the head man of the civil rights movement. A lot of um, Marxists and communists got involved in it. After King was assassinated, he all jumped to the Democrat Party, and that's wow. how the Democrat Party became this communist organization. Wow! And and, and we got to go to break real quick, but I, I know I got you for one more segment, and I, I really appreciate your time. And you know, I want to get into because you talk a lot about Martin Luther King in the new book Crime Inc. I, I want to get your take on and, and enlighten us as to um, what role did Dr. King play. And, and and how we've arrived to this new Democrat. Um, I, I think you use plantation in, in, in there somewhere. Uh, I want to talk about that. And I also want to talk about the humiliation of black folk, black people. You talk about that in Chapter 3. Uh, we're talking with Vince Everett Ellison. He's the author of the new book, Crime, Inc. Go get it wherever books are sold. You're listening to Black and White Radio. We got The Troublemaker, my buddy Bob Allegra, and Fast Eddie in the house. We'll be right back. <laughs> And now, more Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm going to challenge all black people for this 2024 election to stop going to your polling place and just voting Democrat, Democrat, Democrat without even knowing what's going on just because you've been told to always vote for the Democratic Party. What has the Democratic Party done for us as black people in the past, I don't know, 50 years? Even the first black president, he didn't do 
for the advancement of black people in this country whatsoever. Barack Obama did more for the LGBTQ community, more for the gay community, signing laws protecting them and their advancement and their rights than he did for black people the entire eight years he was in office. So why are we still sitting up here voting Democrat when they don't do for us? When we have old white men telling us, you ain't black if you don't vote for me, but then he goes into office and does absolutely nothing for black Americans, but we sit up here and we vote Democrat every single time because we've been told to. As it helps you, as it helps your mama, it's not gonna help your kids. Wow. Before the break, we were talking to uh, author Vince Everett Ellison. Uh, Vince, that's the sentiment, right? I mean, that's the, pretty much the sentiment of all of your books, uh, as as I've read them. Correct? Well, yeah, and it, it's it's a it's a terrible mistake for us to ever think that any any politicians going to do anything for us. Um, one of one of one of the concepts of being of, of being a free man is not that a free man wants to be included. A free man wants to be left alone. Amen. And we always make the we always make the mistake of believing that we vote for politicians or they're going to do something for us. Yeah. No, we are going to we supposed to vote for them. because are supposed to leave us alone and let us do for ourselves. Yeah. Because if they can do something, if they can give it to you, they can take it from you. Amen. And if you're free, you don't want to give them out of the ability to do anything that they give you, nothing they can take from you. So we always want them to do something for us. And that's where the marching and the begging and the crying come from. That's a Marxist construct. Wow. We have to get back to a point where we understand we believe in God. See, Martin Luther King Jr., yes, this please. is where it started. He, he, um, he, he, he went to the, the, the he did his, did his I Have a Dream speech. They said the greatest speech in the history of America, right? Yeah. But in that speech, he said 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. That is a lie. I was born free. My freedom is a gift from God. It's an unalienable right. It, it precedes the Constitution. It precedes law. Uh, John, John Locke said in the Second Treaty of Government that, it, that unalienable right is irrevocable, non-transferable, and unsellable. And Thomas Jefferson used that concept to break us away from the King of England, who said that he was sovereign. And Thomas Jefferson said, no, you're not sovereign. God is sovereign. God gave us our rights, and you can't touch them. Martin Luther King turned that on his head when he said, 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. He said five times in that speech that we were not free. And even at the end of it, his old refrain, that on some certain day we'll be free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we're free at last. And we say it still to this day. On his birthday, every day we make our children recite that speech. We make them say that they are not free, and that is a lie. Because if you're a Christian, you believe that Jesus Christ set you free. And he said, who the Son has freed is free indeed. He said, I brought you here to, 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 free you, to free you from captivity, to free you from sin. Yet we say we're not free. We march on the street screaming about reparations, talking about we want our freedom. And God said, I've given it to you. All you have to do is exercise it. But we have said that we are slaves in our mind. We say it all the time. Woo! We were enslaved. Forget we were enslaved. You are still enslaved because slavery is a mental condition, and yes, it has it to be broken. It has to be pulled up root and stern. Wow. So- Martin Luther King Jr. started it all. He said, how can, you, how, you can, how can you tell us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps when we're bootless? Woo, he sir. said in that speech, when, he said, when will we be satisfied? He said, we won't be satisfied until justice rolls down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. That's a fashion way of saying never. Talking about he's got a dream that one day he won't be judged by the color of his skin. That's completely reversed from Christianity when God says you ain't supposed to care about nothing man thinks about you. So he's, he's dreaming about a day that one day, White folks won't judge him by the color of his skin. What kind of ignorant mess is that? Uh, if you don't like the color of my skin, that's your problem. You put your hands on me, you're going to have another one. I okay, sir, it. sir, sir, sir. Uh, my, my name is Verlon Galloway, and uh, 
I got to start out with a disagreement, and then I'm going to ask you a question. Well, my disagreement I is... when people disagree with me, Brian. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. My disagreement with you is what you just said, that um, if a politician gives you something, they can take it away. And if they haven't, which I do agree that if they create an environment uh, of freedom, well, you are free. But if they create an environment where you could do for yourself, you'll be good. But trust me. Whether they, whether, that, but, you, but trust me. You but create tra- that environment. But trace no, they, they, because. No, through, they don't. Wait, 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 wait. Through taxes and other policies that politicians implement, they can take your freedoms and your wealth. So my disagreement they with you. They can take your freedom. No, they what, cannot. They, they take your okay, money. Listen. They what, what, can, can, they I, can, I, can, can I get my disagreement out? You said that if they don't give you something, before that, before okay, that, point, let me, let me, let me tell you where, where you were wrong at. Just ask Donald Trump right now and ask the people that's locked up from, from January the 6th. Yet, no matter whether they give you something or not, they can take you, take it away and they can break you and break and, and most people break their spirits. So you, you, you are wrong about that. And I want to no, ask you're you. You're wrong about that. No, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, they what, put you in jail. They take your body. Your freedom is in your mind. They can put you in a hole, but your mind is what is free, brother. I disagree with your that. Body, that is your, no, that's your liberty. Your liberty and your freedom is different. Your when you're locked up behind bars, that's your freedom. That's your freedom. No, no it's not. That's your liberty. That's your liberty. They're yeah. different things. But you're yeah. not free to, to do anything if you're behind bars. No, your freedom is in your head. Okay. Gandhi said that they can kill us all the head with our dead bodies. They'll never take our freedom. That's your exactly freedom what he's saying. Are. They didn't take Nelson. They didn't take Nelson Mandela's freedom when they locked him they did up. Did not. They didn't take Jesus Christ's freedom when they locked they him did up. They did not. They Paul. They took his disciples' freedom when they locked him up. Paul. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm not off that belief system, okay. sir. Okay. okay. Uh, even, okay, I know that now. that's why you're a slave. Yeah, even even when the apostle Paul was locked up, they never took away his freedom. They, they never, never did. I, I get what I, there, there's a distinction he's trying to make that freedom and liberty are two separate different two separate things. You could be locked up behind a prison wall and still be free. But that's I your, know I know a please, ton of people please, that is, please explain. Listen, yeah. listen, that fool ain't gonna believe this. He a slave. <laughs> oh, he is gonna convince himself he's a slave. I'm, I'm okay. Can tell him that's gonna convince. Let, Wait, 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 no, I, we, we only have, I only have a... going to believe a slave is going to find a way to put the shackles on his own ankle. Right. You can help it. But John, right. wait, I, no, I, only, I only got three more minutes with him. I was going to talk to you. Okay, I only got three more minutes with him. I want to talk, talk about, because I, I, I think this is a, a crucial point, when you talk about, in, in Chapter 3 of Criming, the humiliation of black people. How, and how is that used as a tool to further the dependence on what we just talked about and, and not understanding the difference between freedom and liberty. Well, um, um, Kamala Harris and um, Joe, Joe Biden a few weeks ago had a celebration of hip-hop music, a genre of music that calls black people the N-word, yeah. calls um, women the, the B-word and calls them the W-word and talk about, you know, celebrates a genre of music, talk about killing police, smoking dope, selling dope, fighting, shooting people, acting a fool. Why? Because that's how they see us. They celebrate George Floyd because he is a prototypical black man in here. See, I was on Tucker Carlson show about, about a week ago, and I saw my, my interview with him was about over 25 million people watched it. And I said that they, they love George Floyd. They're going to elevate him every chance they yep. get. They're going to put people like Greasy Hair and Al, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson on TV and all these other jokers crying and begging and snotting because that's how they see us. They humiliate us. They lock our children in the worst schools and won't let them out. They, they tell us to castrate our little boys and call them little girls, cut the breasts off our little girls and call them little boys. 
they uh, they 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 won't they, they send drag queens to our schools and shake their behinds in our children's faces. They pull God out the public square and then they disarm us in war zones and defund the police and let drugs and dope and graffiti everywhere they rule. Yeah. If you want to know the Democratic Party, like just like what John Kennedy said, you want to know about 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 communism? Let them come to Berlin. Look at the Berlin, Berlin Wall. Yeah. Well, you want to know that Democratic Party? Go to Detroit. Go to Chicago. Yeah. I'm, we're here. We're here in Chicago. Yeah, we're here in Chicago. Hey, I got one quick question. We got about a minute and fifteen seconds left. What are the solutions? How do we? How do? How do? How do we fix what ails the black community? I don't really think there are a lot of problems. I think the media, the corporate media, pushes a lot of those problems. They don't show the success stories. You're one of the success stories. What in in a, in a minute and ten seconds? Talk to us about how do we fix this? Jesus Christ. Hmm. Go back to what he said. It's very, very simple. If we go back to the basic concept of the Bible, see, Christianity, see, what they did, they didn't destroy Christianity. They, they produced a false concept of it, uh, and they called it Christianity. See, Jesus, Jesus Christ, um, uh, 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 Christianity is not a religion of nonviolence. It's, it's a religion of non-aggression. Martin Luther King Jr. lied about that, too. Mm. It's no virtue in you allowing men to come in your house and rape your wife and daughter at night because you're nonviolent. Right. No, there's no virtue in that. There's no virtue in you and I walking down the street seeing a, a young lady getting raped, and we said, we're two Christian men, we can't do nothing. Yeah. No, our job is to grab the guy, whip him until he stops fighting, and then turn him over to the police and testify at his trial. See, that's what true Christianity is. So when we look at true Christianity, love your enemy. If he hates you, love him. Love one another. That's what Jesus said because they're going to try to divide us. Love one another. But loving one another doesn't mean you let people beat you up, destroy your property. First, when you love, before yeah. you can love anybody, you got to first love yourself. That's and true. Black people don't love themselves. That's true. We Vince, love one another, but first we got to love ourselves. Vince, where yes. can people go out and get the books, uh, Crime Inc. and all of your other books? You can go to VinceEllison.com. That's VinceEllison.com. You can get everything there and my documentary. You can also go on Amazon. You can go to where books are being sold. It's being sold everywhere. Vince, thank you so much for joining us here on Black and Right. You ever in Chicago? You got to come in studio. That work. Oh, but I'd love to. Thank you so much. Thank you. Vince Everett Ellison. You listen to Black and Right. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560. The answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. I think Valon's going to need a, a, a 120 life. Villain, uh, you gonna need one thing like no, no, honestly, John, I, uh, you thought I was gonna fly off the handle like no, no, no I, there was other questions I just wanted to get out before what? you. I didn't want the argument. I, I, there no, was it wasn't even gonna be an argument. The bottom line is, look, I sat next to Ricky for uh, Ricky Hennon for God knows how long on Progressive Radio. I'm used to people being overbearing and call you names and and try to overtalk you. That doesn't win you the argument because you, you you're very aggressive because you're you're the one that's marginalized. People don't recognize you at all, except for some of us. But the bottom line is, dude, you're not going to tell me that living in my head is free. Maybe that works for you and other people that are of that thought process. But, dude, if I'm behind bar- bars, you took me away from my family, uh, uh, away from my wife, away from my life, lost my job, lost my house, and then some guy's banging my wife. Dude, I am not free. Okay. So forget that. To, and, to heck what you what you talking about you you you're full of nonsense right but I think that's a perfect segue because we have two people who've actually been in prison and, and I and I think I think I think I definitely understand what un, understood what Vince was trying to say um, there has to be a freedom in your mind that you get to because uh, I've worked I've been I've worked with prisoners I've worked with people in prison I've been when they get out and there's a um, Bob Allegra 
Um, are you the president CEO of ProMaster Aviation? Yes. Yeah, and who's also have sponsored a lot of stuff that I've done on my radio show. But speak to what Vince was talking about so Valon can probably get an understanding. Well, it's really sort of funny because when he first started talking, I was totally disagreeing with him. With Vince. With Vince. And then I started switching my mind going, you know, I did... I was sentenced to 65 months. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when you count the days and months, I was really, I really did it close to four years. Yeah. Um, and it's an incredible story, and, and we will get to it. But every day I think I lived in my own mind that I was going to get out. Yeah. I knew I was innocent. I knew I didn't commit a crime. And, and I believed that the justice system was going to work. So I spent my time saying, I'm I'm an in I'm a um, inmate, but I'm not a criminal, and I'm going to be freed tomorrow. Right. So in my mind, I kept saying I was free, right? But I wasn't. But your liberty was taken. My liberty was taken, and really, in all defense, my freedom was taken. Yeah. Not only was my freedom taken, my liberty was taken, my family was taken, my money was taken, material things were taken. I spent four and a half years when I got out with zero. Right. Zero. And, and John, you know the comeback I made. I remarkable. made a comeback that was unbelievable. Yeah. The little Okay. You've been to you've been to my house. I have. <laughs> so uh Eddie, would you would you say the same thing? Uh you get up the, closer, the one thing to I will, closer to the mic. The one thing I will say is I can promise you Vince was never in jail or prison. Yeah. So Well he he worked there. He big he, worked he there. should have a he big should have a completely prison. different view. There's a big difference being on one side of the bars yeah. than the other side of the yeah. bars. So for him to sit there and say your freedom's in your mind is a little naive. Yeah. So when you're on the street and you have a family and you go to work every day and you do the normal things, and then one day that's taken away from you, yeah. it's hard to say that that's not your freedom that right. was taken. Right. Thank you, and, brother. But I, I think Nelson Mandela spoke to it as well. That's of, because. Of basically saying, because, I mean, he spent how many years, Vanilla? Man, 30, 30, 40 yeah, years in prison. Yeah, he a lot of years in jail. And he oh. spoke to how he had to separate his mind and sure. his, from his body. So for that sure, he because he didn't want to become part of the system. Correct. So what he did is he put himself mentally in a different place. Yeah. I, His freedoms didn't change. I promise you he didn't get to go out uh, outside the prison walls, go yeah. swimming, go to the mall, do all the other fun stuff. Yeah. His, his freedom was still taken away. In his mind, he wasn't going to let that and I, and I think Eddie, break him. And I think Eddie will agree with me. The prison system designs to break you mentally. Yeah. You're not just an inmate. They, they treat you like a rat. They feed you like a rat. Yeah. And they demoralize you, and they. Try was it twenty three and one? Were you guys too? Twenty three hours? No, oh God, no. We yeah. were in a minimum security camp. We, right. we were, like I was originally camp in a camp with cake. Eddie. Yeah. And and when they say club fed, yeah. You know, I know Eddie will get upset when I say this. I never saw drugs before in my life. <laughs> there were drugs the there <laughs> before we got there. Girls used to come in and go out of the place. I mean, it was truly something you would never ever believe when you see it and hear it out yeah. in the movies. I mean, and I know that nobody in this room's ever walked out and gone and met their wife or girlfriend and came back that day, but those things happen. But I want to say something. People got to start living in reality. When you start talking about free your mind, I got faith in this, that, and the other, guess what? Everybody in this country isn't of any of those faiths. They're from different faiths or none at all. And Realville, this is what Donald, this is what uh, 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 Rush Limbaugh used to say. I live in Realville. And in Realville, when they lock you up behind them bars and they say, cuff up, Cuff up, you know what I'm saying, so you can go to the bathroom. Cuff up when you got to go to mess hall. Cuff up. I got friends that tell me you had to cuff up 20 times a day. Yeah, but Valon, I That's think, breaking you. Again, you are not in but, real vision. But, but, but okay, time out. That's your opinion. No, no, no. No, he's, no, he's, no, he's, no, he's, no, he's he, not. No, no, that's an opinion. 
because I, I've worked in this field for before I became a cop. I've worked in this field. It was my job to get these people back into society. So I know I've worked with it. You're so, in the state so, system. In the state system. So that's your opinion. Some people do live that life like that. Some people do have faith. Just because you don't have faith don't mean that there are not a lot of people out there whose faith doesn't get them through some of the try. Because guess what? The greatest prison is the mind. You, I'm you're sorry, confusing the greatest prison faith is the mind. with freedom. Right. right. No, no, no. What right. I'm, I'm talking about what he, what he just no, said. No, I'm just talking about just talk to the average person that's been locked up. They'll tell you they were not free. Okay. Man so or not. We had it. We, right, we, we got to go. You listening to Black and Right. We'll be right back. It's the show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio with the troublemaker who still needs a 120 life, Fast Eddie. And well, we got to come up with a nickname with you, Bobby. Ricky Bobby, we got to come up with a nickname with you. I don't know yet. But we got to figure it out. Right? Yeah, we'll figure it out. But Eddie, you said during the break you want to make a, a point about so that. So the point that I'm going to make is I, as much as I understand what Vince was saying and where he comes from, but I can promise you he's never been locked up. If yeah. he was locked up, he would probably have a different view of that. Yeah. And he you know, mentions Nelson Mandela. So what I believe happens is he just puts himself mentally in a different place. That doesn't restore any of his freedoms. Correct. He still can't leave. He still can't right. go to the grocery store, can't hang out with his family. So for him to say that they didn't take his freedom is a little on the naive but, side. But, but let's think about what Vince was saying about when it comes to black people and their freedom out in the world. He wasn't so much talking about being in prison. And and I've never heard that. Black take, people have more freedom now than ever. Wait, but, but Especially I've, in Chicago. Wait, but I've never heard anybody come with that type of take on Martin Luther King. That was interesting. Have you ever heard anybody come and that's and that's the and that's the point I was trying to get to. He wouldn't even let me get to the question because I heard him on Sean Thompson's show talk a couple of times and some other places. I wanted to know what most of his disagreements with Martin Luther King was because I heard him speak on Sean about it about Martin Luther King was wrong about this, Martin Luther King was wrong about that, but he kept being stuck on my comment as far as. Your freedom's being taken away from you. Just uh, 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 the government taking things away from you, whether they gave it to you or not. That was the premise of what he said. But let's said. dive into what he was talking about, though. When, when, when Martin Luther King, um, I don't know. Isn't it true that we are born free? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah of constitution course. Because because us. the Constitution, we're, we're born with these things, correct? Yeah. So, and, and I, I understood what you were saying, Vlad. And you, I, I, when you, as you were talk, as he was talking, you know, the first person I came up with. Trump can possibly losing his business in New York, right? Being fined two hundred fifty million plus, right? But 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 he was when he was speaking to the freedom between being free and freedoms as it related to the black people. I thought I thought it was more saying how the government cannot take away that freedom. It's not about a crime. The no, government no. can never take away freedoms. They can try to manufacture, but that's that's they so can manufacture naive. crimes just like. What they've done to both of you, but right? but think about the people. That's, that's, from, no, wait, tell me, that's not naive. That's it, re, that's a reality. No, but that's a reality. If the government has you reliant on their handouts or their support, 
what happens when they take that away? Right. You have no freedoms. You can't go buy anything because you don't have any money. Because but that's it, why we teach people. Control you. That's why we teach people on this radio show not to be dependent upon the government. But I was Correct. going a step. I was going a step further. He didn't even acknowledge when I was talking about the people that's been locked up for three years, January the sixth. That's people's freedom being taken or uh, taken away. And a lot of those people didn't break windows and climb walls. They just walked. They were through. just there. They were just there. Yeah. So don't tell me the government or politicians or whoever can't take away your freedoms. They can. And you're you are naive if you think they can't. Now I I as somebody who worked in law enforcement, I think I could never be naive on that situation See? because I I know how the sausage is made on that half. I know I know I've seen it. I've watched it. I've seen how FBI come in and, and it just totally changes an investigation. I mean, you and it happened to you, Bob. Yes. Let's just just let's just jump back to Martin Luther King for a second because that was a twist I never thought of, yeah. never heard. Yeah. But as I listened to him, he did make some sense that he's really what what he's trying to say is Martin Luther King. <laughs> insisted that the black man had to realize that he doesn't have freedom. Right. So he was talking about the Democrat Party. He was talking about communism. And if you had Martin Luther King trying to uprise the black community, that was the way to do it. Right. Yeah. The other thing I'm going to completely disagree with with him is if you've noticed what happened the last five, six minutes here, every single one of us let each other finish our statement without interruption. Yeah. Where he did not let Verlon finish a word because he's terrified of what he might have to say. Yeah. So he talks about the bad democratic people when he's doing exactly what they do. Thank you. That's exactly Thank what you, they brother. Do. That's exactly what Ricky Hendon did to me for over a year. Gosh, you said and, that though. And and uh that other show, the family meeting, uh, they they well hey, they, hey, they, hey, they hey 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 well, they did let me talk, but yet they'll call you a name after the end of the conversation. Like, you're stupid. Yeah. You're an imbecile. Stuff like that. That doesn't win you the argument, no, sir. That just right. means they don't agree with you, and, and most of the time they're losing the argument. Yeah. And the only and way they to defend name themselves is to call you a name. Let's go to the phone lines. Jim from Chicago. When is the House impeaching Biden? They won't. If they're not, if they won't, wait, wait, Jim, before you start. If they're not going to allow the center of Rashida Tlaib to be to carry on, I don't see an impeachment of Joe Biden. Go ahead. Well, anyway, I just the curious. I thought they brought a check or something, or some bad check that he wrote. <laughs> but what, but uh, Christmas Eve would be a good night to do it. But how many Trump supporters are in prison? I mean, why would they go to prison? That's I don't understand that. And why did the lawyers in this case all cap please? They didn't want to go to prison. Chesborough or uh, any of those mouthpieces didn't want to go to prison. Mark Meadows doesn't want to go to prison. Wait, who, who's in there? prison? Mark, the three, the three down in Georgia, they capped the plea already. They don't want to go okay. to prison. Okay. But Mark Meadows, Mark Meadows doesn't want to go. He's going to squeal like a, like a canary. Mm. He's not going to go to prison, Mark Meadows. Just the suckers that went to, to, uh. Hey, Cream Puff. Cream Puff. Yeah. What happened to their Rico? What happened to the Rico case? It looks like it's falling apart to me. You still go. It's not falling nah, apart. It's a no, no, no. cop and police. Okay. You're okay. the police to testify, aren't you? What is it? They're only going to play because they're going to testify okay. against Trump. Time out. Listen. That's the only reason you're getting the police is going to testify against Trump. Anyway. Okay. It's my show. I'm going to talk. Is it on the merits of what they're actually charging these people with? No. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Sydney Powell. Seven felonies. Cop, cop to a misdemeanor. They overcharge. This is what the government does. Yeah, they overcharge, and then you get reduced to a misdemeanor. That's not related to the actual case. And they actually did what they said they did. Come on. You the, I'm the wrong one, Jim. We'll be right back.
Let's get it to him, baby girl. Hey, hey. That's right. Black and right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back. Uh, Eddie, um, you uh, you talked about what did Sidney Powell plead to? Uh, she pleaded guilty to six misdemeanors. Here's the count. Six counts of conspiracy. There that word again. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy to commit intentional interference with the performance of election duties. Uh, a significant reduction from the seven felonies she faced. That's what they do. This is what the prosecutors do. They overcharge. And then what did you say during the break? What happens when, they, when they threaten you. as a defendant? And then what happened? Explain that process. They put so much pressure on you and threaten to take away so much freedoms that, again, here's the freedom thing, that you'll cop to something you didn't do because there's no punishment for it. Yeah. Whether you did it or not, or you're going to spend five, six million dollars defending yourself in a federal suit to get nowhere. Right. And, and you'll never get that money back from right. them. And I mean, then the next, ha- the next hour, I want to I start talking about your cases. Because uh, I'm one of the belief. Conspiracy. We got to do something with so, it. So let me ask you what conspiracy is. Yeah. So you say the four of us here are, are, are joking around, messing around, and, and one of us says, I'm going to go knock well, off Well, we don't even have to be in the same room anymore now. Yeah. I'm going to go knock off the 7-Eleven. Right. Just messing around. Right. If you don't tell on me, right. you're part of a conspiracy. Part of conspiracy. That's yeah. how ridiculous that yep. charge is. That, that's in, you in had fact, no part. Justice Kavanaugh yeah. thinks there should be no and, and it's only yeah. two people or more. Right. Yeah. And then that I'm I'm of the So belief. what did, what do the feds do? They'll find the third guy in the room and they'll pull him in and say, I'm gonna charge you with twenty years if yep. you don't tell on him and, for and talking he, about doing something that I didn't like you talking about. And knowing that he can't afford it. He or and she can't, he can't afford, afford it. it. Yeah. Let's go back to Robert from Bloomingdale on the phone's line. Robert, what's up, buddy? Hey guys, how you doing? doing How's well. it going? It, it, I just want to respond to what Cream Puff was saying in the debate here. First of all, you're absolutely right. They beat these people down just so they could just to beat, beat them down and use them against President Trump. And sorry, Cream Puff, you got to stop drinking the Kool-Aid and realize that January... Or whatever whiskey he's drinking. Whatever he's <laughs> drinking, it's just a ploy to stop President Trump from once again being the first president-elected uh, United States since Grover Cleveland. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, we got to look at the facts. I mean, Cindy Powell, uh, I mean, she's, of course she was being, uh, she's being knocked, she's being knocked down as all they are. Donald Trump Jr., they're just trying to, they're just looking for anything. They're just desperate for anything they can get on them, and it's not going to work. What do you think? No, I, I, I definitely agree. Michelle. Why is I, the media not all over Hunter Biden? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, come on. Exactly. You know why. Uh, but, yeah. then, hey, hey, Robert, before you leave, this is what Trump had to say about a plea. Is there, is there any chance you take a plea deal in Georgia? We did nothing wrong. We don't ever take a plea deal. Yes, sir. We don't take plea deals. It's a wise guy question. I'm just a wise guy. We don't take plea deals because I did nothing wrong. It's called election interference. You know what that is? Because this is, these indictments are brought out by Biden. You can't even put two sentences together. This is Joe Biden because he can't win the election by himself. He can't win the election based on votes. The fact is that we have a country that's in serious trouble. We have a country that's in major decline. I don't mean decline. I mean major decline. And we're going to straighten it out. This group and a lot of people just like this group, we're going to straighten it out and we're going to make America great again. It's a wise guy. Thank yes, you very much. No, there's, there's Trump, uh, Robert. No, no plea deal for him. Here's a crazy yeah, thing. I think all Trump's a self-made man. I mean, a good family too, and um, compared to Biden and his, his 
son. I mean, there's no comparison between these two. And good for President Trump for standing up for himself. I mean, that guy's got a lot of chutzpah, and I respect him. I don't know how he does it. I agree. Thanks so much for calling. Think about about how good a person Trump really is and a good American he is that – He's a billionaire. He doesn't yeah. need this shit. Yeah, oh, he does. Well, Progressive Radio said he's not. He's 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 broke basically. As I was listening on the way. Oh, in. of course they. they yeah, <laughs> and you can tell that by the way he dresses and his plane he flies around in. But he's broke. Yeah. Of course, that's what the progressives do, hey. or, the, or the the left does, is they tell every lie they can yeah. to bring somebody down. Hey, Eddie, they hate Trump. Eddie, if I get fined, you pay the fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> they 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 hate Trump because he stands for Middle America. Amen. We'll be right back. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed, and the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. I'm coming in hot. Welcome back. Hour 2 of Black and Red Radio on AM560 The Answer. If you missed that first hour, head over to 560TheAnswer.com. Download the podcast. If you're listening, this is your first time listening, go and download the podcast. You know, the people that are way above me, they actually like those numbers to download podcasts. Have you guys downloaded the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Vila? I'm here. (laughs) You bumped. I need the numbers, man. Download the podcast. Now, you know I I listen to the show Every but where do you listen night. to it at? Where do you listen to it at? Five sixty a.m. So, you, but you haven't downloaded the podcast, though, right? It's all podcast. It's all. Nowadays. It's all. That's what it says. Podcast. Oh, oh so you have downloaded? Yeah. Okay. Every every uh, time I go to work, if they put it right up, or at least the next night, uh, okay. I always download. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, if you, uh, so I, I got to say something real quick. Um, I'm gonna get in trouble if I don't. Um, I've started, as you guys know, I, I have an unfortunate um, anniversary coming up. November 7th, I lost my son to suicide. Um, there's a group out, and they're in Batavia now. They were once in Yorkville, Suicide Prevention Services. When I had my very dark moments, this group helped me. Um, I'll just say Jen and my friend Joel. Um, Joel used to be an alderman for Yorkville, and they helped me. And so we've created three hoodies on blackandrightradio.com. One is called One More Sunrise. The other one is You're Enough. And there's another one that just simply says continue uh, with the semi in, uh, on it. The semi, is it semicolon? Yeah, semicolon, right? Yeah, right? Y'all ain't helping me here. Comma, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, head over to blackandrightradio.com. Um, help us help them because they do great work as it relates to suicide prevention. And uh, I really would love to, to, to write a big fat check to send over to them to help um in their important work that they do because uh, we have so many, I'm, I get so many calls of parents not knowing what to do. They'll, they don't know if they're going to make it because they've lost their child. And as someone who's been through it, it's, it's tough. November. I really don't like November guys. November, 2019, I lost my baby brother. He was shot and killed after being robbed in Lansing. And then two, two years later he got killed November 19th. My son was, 
my son killed himself. No, it it was really November seventh, but they said it was November eighth because you know they they, they called the time of death at two thirty five a.m. But so I didn't, I didn't. Now, all right, we lowered it now. Let's bring it back up. Well, you know what, Jan? I'd like to make a little donation today when I get when we get done here. Okay. For that organization, okay. Because as you realize, my story, mm-hmm. I've lost my son. Yeah. But my son's still alive. Yep. And he may very well come back to me. Yeah. And and my heart goes out. To every parent, not mm. just you, and you know how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I get teary-eyed just thinking about it right yeah. now. To be able to lose a child, it's yeah. something that just should never be done. Yeah, and 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 in some ways, you have. Oh, I've you totally know, you, lost. You lost him. him for at least what four years? Well, I've lost him since he was um, nine years of age. He's mm. fifteen right now, and you know, you know my situation yeah. with an ex-wife, and it's it's amazing to me because it doesn't have to do with prison; it has to do with divorce, right? And what parents do to these children and use them as pawns in a divorce is so wrong that no one understands it until you've been through it. And what's amazing to me is how many people I experience and it's women, men, everything that go through this into a relationship where the kids are sided and put on a side. Yep. So I understand. And you know how much I always talk about you you and your son and all the time. uh, And you know, it's just another a, another example of the broken system we have. Yeah. Because that should never, ever, ever yeah. happen. I agree. And it's the court system is the worst with it. The yeah. family court system is might be one of the one of the most broken in the entire system. Yeah, as, especially as it relates to men too. Oh, for sure. You know, it's it, it, everything. Every, they they side with the woman. Yeah. You know, and and, and sometimes that's not always the best thing. Blind. Not not in Illinois, because uh, I got custody of both my last two daughters, and it was two different women. You know, I had three three kids with one woman, one with another, and the court gave me my kids. Yeah, and that just says it, you're a good father, right? Well, yeah, they well, and it was probably a better situation for them, right? Well, yeah, my 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 schedule was more flexible than one of the mothers, but the other one did, don't work. She's on welfare, and they still gave me my kids. But so she, she probably spend all the time. Did she fight to try to keep the kids away from you? One of my one of my kids' mothers did, and the other one didn't. Man, we could talk. We could talk about freedom. Martin Luther yeah. King, we can talk yeah. about losing a kid, that. court systems, <laughs> the conspiracy. I mean, that's what I love about. That's what I love, Villan. I, I got to give it to Villan. When I first, when Villan first started coming with me, I've said I've told this story maybe once. Have I ever told this story, Villan? I don't think so. Yeah, uh, Villan. I was very, I was very detailed. Yeah, oh, yeah. I had the yeah. entire script of what we're gonna, <laughs> Villan. This is what we're gonna talk about. This is the guest. This is it. We're gonna be done at this time. And Falan said, "Dude, just relax." <laughs> <laughs> and it's been what Falan? It's been a heck of a show since then. Yes, it has. and that was like what we were still what maybe five months into the show. Yeah, yeah, because that's when you came. You came. You you and I connected because I used to call him the guest co-host. Yes, and I just called him co-host because he's he's a fixture now. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't want to do radio without Valan. Oh man, thanks man. You know, pre- now that's a compliment. Valan and I get we we go back and forth. We've we've yelled and screamed at each other. We've yelled and screamed at yeah. each other during the break. Yeah, but there's a bond there that I I I wouldn't I I don't I I if I left this show and went daily, Valan's coming with me. That's how much I respect and and honor. I, I believe in giving people their flowers. You know this about yeah. me. I would take Valan with me wherever I go. Seven and nine. That's right. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the phone lines. A sponsor of this show, Jim from South Elgin, Best Dental. Hey, guys. How you doing? How you doing How's buddy? it going, Jim? 
Good. I'm calling from a remote location down in Honduras. Uh oh. Look at. Uh oh. Look at. Wait. We haven't weekend. gotten any pictures, Vaughn. So I, I don't think he's no, telling the truth. There's no bikini pictures. No, I'm not talking about it. Salad. <laughs> yeah. I'll show, I'll, I'll show you the pictures of the beach where all the the whole beach area is all closed because it's just you know rushing water and all streets are you know full of water. So yeah. there's no uh, no bikini pictures this time. <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, this week we had our, our November our, our November surprise from Cook County. Because they just released the second half tax bills. They're supposed to be releasing them in August, but they wait until like last year until after the election. Well, this year they waited again, and guess what? A couple of my rental properties in Hanover Park went up thirty-three percent. Oh my property. God, dude! You wow. know what? I think all of us are on the same uh, wavelength. I was just hanging out with Sean earlier at uh, his cigar shop. He said his taxes went up 40%. And, and that's Sean Thompson from the Sean Thompson Show. Right. Yeah, Sean Thompson from the Sean Thompson Show heard here Monday through Friday, 4 to 7. Yeah. His taxes went up yeah. 40%. Wow. Well, this is why people are leaving, you know, and it's like, come on, guys, wake up. You know, yeah. I, like the, like somebody at a different radio station, he says, you got to wait till the stink gets so bad. But <laughs> the problem is a lot of people aren't paying the bill because they get a lot of subsidies. They don't care. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true, too. Wow. That's that's insane. That's, I mean, but remember again, Chicago doesn't pay as what the what, what the left says their fair share of taxes. Neither though, you know, a lot of that money goes into the TIF. You know, I mean, Chicago does not pay. If if Chicagoans pay what other um, cities and locales paid, uh, Illinois wouldn't wouldn't be broke. Yeah, that's right. for sure. Well, there's a reason it, Illinois is the population. second state. I would say, Jim. We, plus, if we if we kept the people that had left, <clears throat> yeah, we'd have all that economic re- revenue activity be done here. That's true. As opposed to giving us other states. That's true. Hey, Jim, see you at Freedom Summit next week. I look forward to it. All right, yeah. buddy. Bye. There's uh, a reason people are leaving Illinois at the second fastest pace, yeah. only behind California. That's true. Uh, Mitchell, I think Jim stole a little of your thunder, didn't he? Yes, he did. But that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Um, I love your show. But here's the thing about uh, Martin Luther King. One quick note. First of all, his biggest enemy was J. Edgar Hoover and Cointelpro. So the administrations of Eisenhower, Kennedy, who signed off on it, LBJ and Nixon. It gave LB, first of all, uh, J. Edgar Hoover had a hatred towards um, Martin Luther King and his whole movement. He never wanted to go after the mafia because they were taking care of him and fixing his horse racing. Um, and they had him compromised. They knew that he was gay. And uh, anyway, to make a long story short, what Martin Luther King did with regards to, or I would say what J. Hoover did with Martin Luther King is he destroyed and he got uh, a very tacit knowledge of his lifestyle on the road. And he was able to manipulate the power structures in Martin Luther, Martin Luther King's inner circle. There were certain individuals that wanted power, wanted attention, wanted the fame on them, the spotlight, so to be, and he was able to disrupt that. And if you go all the way to the assassination and you go through all the people that were around there, just saw all the people, just watch who the people ascended after yeah. uh, 1968, yeah. and you'll get your answers. He was absolutely right, by the way. Um, there was a trial in actually 1999 that exonerated um, James O'Reilly. He yeah. said he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Regarding property really taxes, quick. Um, Marys, um, here's my biggest problem the, the council. First of all, we are being fleeced. Quickly. And the fact all these dispensaries are a joke. That money should have gone to us. And by the way, it's the public schools. They're the grifters. They have, they're playing with Monopoly money, Daddy O. Daddy O. There they it is. Want your money. Thank you, Mitchell. You're listening to Black and Right. We'll be back. Daddy-o. <laughs> back to 
Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. Excuse me. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio. I wanted to go get some water. It's my throat. It gets really dry in here. Uh, Let's go to Eduardo. I already know what you're talking about, Eduardo. (laughs) Welcome back, brother. Yeah, okay. Well, let's see. I got to make this good because you guys are not going to be live on next week. I wish I was. No, yeah, uh, yeah. Valon's going to be here. Uh, yeah, I'll be here hosting the show next week, yeah. Eduardo. Oh, really? Okay. Okay, well, that's good to know. Oh, and yeah, then next week, the... and then, and then, wait, Eduardo, then on the 18th, Mace Jackson will be here in studio. Yes. I can't wait okay. to see what kind of show hey, that's going to be. Are you taking Ricky Hurden uh, uh, back sometime in the future? Ricky, Ricky I talked to Ricky the other day. He said he's done with radio for a while. That just means he doesn't have okay. a leg to stand on, <laughs> and I would I would beat him up real good. Why won't he come on with you next week? He won't come on because his president is a total failure, losing on every front, and I will have the upper hand, and I could beat him up. That's the real reason. That's the real reason. But he, but he simply told me he's not doing radio at all. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right, um, Eduardo, what's up? Yeah, so, well, I went through my favorite uh, website, Daily Mail. I didn't sign, find anything interesting. But I think a couple of these things uh, you probably already know. Uh, the raid on um, that chief of staff for uh, Mayor uh, Adams over there in New York. Uh, there were migrants that were caught shoplifting in Oak Brook. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, heard, I heard through a California station, uh, KFI, they're pretty good. I told Jim from Elgin about that. Uh, they're pretty good. They are uh, pretty like independent. And I heard, tell me if this is true, Mayor Johnson is having panic attacks. I heard about that. Okay. I heard about that. Maybe it's true. Well, yeah. Amy, Amy was the first one to report on it, and she was the only one I heard. I don't know where you heard it from. But I trust her. Yeah, she's yeah, a and, and, she, yeah. She's a true journalist, so I trust her. Well, Jamal Green, uh, he went to uh, Instagram and he said that. Um, the migrants, they somebody, they were door dashing. They have they bought cars from the, from what the money that. She, how much are they getting? Does anybody know how much money that Chicago's paying to the migrants? Oh, uh, right now, all I know is they they're about to pay three hundred million. Uh, but I don't know about uh, uh, how much they get individually. But I know uh, the wow. nest egg right now is three hundred million. And it's it's and listen, listen, listen. I, I don't care. We can dis- debate the immigration problem. But we got to take care of these kids that are here now. I mean, these kids are, I mean, it's brutal, it's what, 20, 30 degree weather here in Chicago now. Yeah. You got to get them off those streets. There's no way these kids are going to survive. See, again, adults, I don't give a crap what they do. I'm all for protecting kids. How, how, how do you feel about. Thank you, Eduardo. How, how do you feel about these abandoned buildings on the, on the west side? Since they've never rehabbed them, right. a lot of them. They might as well start now and put the people in those abandoned buildings that's been abandoned since the King. Will it create jobs? Yeah, it'll create jobs. And put them put them to work to help build it too. How about that? Let's go to Chuck from Delavan. Hey, first time caller, long time listener. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, Chuck? Pritzker should let him stay at all his hotels. That's right. That's what he should do. We said that. We said that here, Chuck. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Can't we just bust them to California? It's warm there. Yeah. That's what they're gonna do. But I would like to see those. I would like to see those buildings 
rehabbed. I would like some money to be put in the west side. I've always said invest in the west side first, then come to the south side. So I would like to see those buildings put to use. Just invest in Chicago. Yeah, How about that? The, the, bigger, the biggest problem is, is your mayor already said it, and he wouldn't come out and say it. But our government, you probably heard this before, but you know, in all these schools and everywhere else, you got the lead paint. I used to do yep, that, yep. and and they 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 would actually uh, have uh, um, you know these people would be in all this asbestos and everything else. These kids, and and it it just ain't right. And that's the problem when they go to get these old buildings and fix them up. It's an environmental disaster. Yeah. But but know? let me tell you something, Chuck. They're about they're about to lease land for ninety one thousand dollars a month over a million dollars a year. They are going to be putting into these people. Wow! You might as well just go ahead and start rehabbing those buildings. Do do whatever you put them back on the tax rolls too. You said what? They come back on the tax rolls too, right? I I don't know. I don't know what's. I don't know how this is going to play out. But they can hire Chuck as a foreman and fix them up. Hey, and and Chuck. I, we hear from Black and White Radio. Just want to say, happy birthday, sir! Oh, <laughs> happy birthday! I'll be. Thank you very much. You guys are the greatest. <laughs> ah, thank you so much, Chuck. We really appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, let's go to Man on the Street, Mark. Oh, you didn't call in when Dennis is here, so you guys can debate. You know, you calling him a Democrat and all that stuff, huh? Uh oh, chica. Mark? All right. Hey, yeah, it's Mark Wiremore, man on the street. Great show today. I'll see all you guys at Freedom Summit next week. And I guess there's still tickets available. Is that what they're saying? Uh, just the, um, I think it's just general admission left, I believe. All yeah, right. very well, limited. Jim, from, uh, Jim and I will be up there Friday night in the bar if anyone wants to meet with us. <laughs> Real quick on the migrant situation, there's 26 shelters and 22 police stations. I've been to uh, a large number of them. I've taken photographs. This is not the way to do it. And Pritzker came out this week and said, maybe we should move these people to warmer states. This is not the way to do it. We can't be rehabbing buildings full of lead paint and asbestos and everything. Not to mention that'll just be more corruption. So the idea that we're doing this, no one's really reporting on this, that it's something that we we can't take in a million people in Chicago and just house them for free. So you guys go around to some of these police stations and see the people camping out front. It's inhumane. I don't yeah, know how I agree. letting Pritzker and... It, you know, however you feel about immigration, they, they're living at the end of Chicago, like 20 to a room. They're moving them to a Marine base over on Foster and Kenzie. They're going to build tents there. All this is insane. So <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of it, but I'm I'm, I'm reporting on, on Twitter, and you're going to hear me talking a lot about it at the Freedom Summit next week. Well, I got to disagree with you about one thing you said. It won't be for free. We're going to pay for it. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I know we're and they've cut. I've been up at Robinson Park, you know, a number of times. They're not letting the kids play basketball up there, or the seniors have their programs. They have armed security at that park district, so no one can use it. So we're dedicating security to not let kids play basketball, with the hope of maybe moving migrants into that building. Everything is screwed up. Brandon Johnson needs to resign today. I'm wow! Wow! <laughs> hey, doesn't Chicago have a recall though? Don't no, they have a, no, no, no. I, I believe no. they do. No, we don't. The Chicago, the city, I, I, not for mayor, and we I'm didn't even we didn't up. have we didn't have one for state's attorney. Remember, they was talking about it, but yeah. we didn't have one. Yeah, well, there's one to recall the governor, but it, it the, it's a very tedious process here in Illinois. It's very tedious. Well, you heard it here first. I'm calling for his resignation, Brandon Johnson. You heard it first here on Black and White Radio. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Mark. <laughs>
Oh, Mark. I love Mark. <laughs> Man on the street. At least he's part of it. Okay. Um, okay. Can, can, I, can I crack another joke real quick? Sure. Come on. Because uh, we might as well just wait until after we, our next guest is over with. Uh, I found this clip on, on TikTok. Listen to what our commander-in-chief, the one we call President Joe Biden, listen to what he says about gas prices and Putin. So for all those Republicans in Congress criticizing me today for high gas prices in America, are you now saying we were wrong to support Ukraine? Are you saying we were wrong to stand up to Putin? Are you saying that we would rather have lower gas prices in America and Putin's iron fist in Europe? <laughs> Listen to these guys. Just hold on. It's coming. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, super yeah. We get Wait, we get cheaper gas? Yeah. Why yeah. would you even ask that question? Was this an option the whole time? <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I'm going, yeah. I'm saying, yeah. My vote is, yeah. Yes. Guys, this is our president. I mean, idiot. Yes. This is the president of the United States of America. Listen, I'm sorry. Call me a, a, a nationalist. America first. I mean, even with the immigration problem, we have homeless people that have been homeless living on our streets, especially those veterans that are out there for, for, for eons. And yet we come in and we create a process for people who, who are not even Americans. Can we take care of Americans first? Yeah, I would rather have low gas prices than being engaged in a war across the pond. Where am I wrong? We have, we have no business being there anyways. I'll take a mean tweet, you know, as well. Am I wrong? I mean, please challenge my, my, well, yeah. my you, thinking. You know, I was at Donnie, Trump, Donnie Jr. Trump's yeah. uh, uh, party the other day, yeah. and he stood up there and he says, I would, you know, probably 400 people in the room. He said, I'd like somebody to raise their hand that the Ukraine uh, is on the top of their list. Right. And there wasn't a single <laughs> exactly. person no, that raised their hand. Yes. I, I, I don't get it, man. And, and so many people in our country, it's like they don't care. Guys, we have to take care of America first. Do you actually call him President Biden or just Joe Biden? Um, Let's I, be honest. I, listen, He's I, actually just Joe Biden. I still respect the office. See, I'm... I'll explain. To oh, you so you're going to say he was elected? No, no, he, got he the was votes. selected. I take, um, I take direction from Whoopi Goldberg, 46. Right. Oh, that's it. We'll be right back. This is Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560. The answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM 560. The answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio with the troublemaker, Fast Eddie. I don't know, Bob. We ain't figured out nothing out. We'll here. come up with something. We got to find right. a name. Uh, is it my guest on the line? Okay. Uh, let's take this call from Nate from Bridgeport, because I want to know which treaty you're talking about, the INF or the Budapest Memorandum? Which one? Uh, you know what? I'm not that clear on the details, but I know we made a commitment back in the Clinton administration to support uh, Ukraine if they would give up their nukes, because yeah. it was it was a very important commitment that we made, and we have to stand by that, or nobody's going to ever... Take it seriously. Well, no one's taking I mean, this president serious at all, though. No one's taking well, yeah, this president serious at all. But, but come on, you know, when you make a commitment like that, an international commitment, you have to stand by it. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe these guys, maybe the Democrats wouldn't. But, but, but see, here's the question, though. Here's the question, though. Russia signed that agreement, and guess what? You think Russia cared about that agreement? They went into Ukraine. They went into Crimea, and you know what? They continue to do it on the weak leadership. They didn't do this on the Donald Trump. Because they knew right, that right. he would drop Moab on them. 
and that and that's the biggest thing. That's that's the end of my that, my biggest point is you know what we need to go in there, slam our fists down, and show them we need we mean we mean business like I, Reagan would do. I and, don't want and this wouldn't troops. be a problem. I don't want troops on in in Ukraine. I uh, know, I know. You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta carry a big stick, and nobody's gonna mess with you. Wait, hey Nate, before you get off, before you get off, here's my. I mean, when when you look at what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, um, you think this would have happened under Trump? No way. Yeah. But but no, remember when Trump was trying to send them, what was those missiles that he was trying to send them? I don't know. Whatever, the, whatever. Trump was trying to send them something. But remember, it was bad to to work with Ukraine while Trump was president. But now everything. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. Let's find out what Ukraine has on President Biden and his son. Let's find out why Joe Biden did the quid pro quo with Ukraine before we send another dime over there. Because I feel like. The reason why this is a blackmail operation, we're holding all the dirt on you, Joe Biden. Send us the send us the money, or we're gonna unleash holy hell on you. Amen, brother. Amen. We yeah. we got to figure out we got to figure out how to go in there and support Ukraine the way we're supposed to. And uh, and this isn't what we're doing right now is exactly like you say. Yeah. This whole the whole world is blackmailing the United States right now. I agree. Isn't the mainstream media yeah. saying thank that you, Ukraine you. is winning this war? Um. From what I hear, yeah, Ukraine is winning this war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. I got two. What, Bob? One is a white nickname, and the other is a black nickname. Okay. Uh oh. The first one is Flyboy Bob Allegra. The other is Fly Guy Bob Allegra. <laughs> Fly Guy. There's gotta be some Italians. Wow. Some Goomba. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Goomba. Uh, How about Bob Goomba Allegra. He, he was a pilot. Yeah, Goomba. Flyboy. Goomba. He's a flyboy. Goomba. Or, or, or fly guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we got to switch. switch. Let's switch. Let's switch lanes. I can't stand you, Villain. <laughs> uh, you guys know that grooming is a real deal. Grooming? Uh, grooming. Yeah. Especially as it relates to teachers. Well, our next guest uh, is a good friend of mine, Mich- uh, Michelle. I don't know if I should say her maiden name. Michelle McCartney-Peterson. I'm, she, you yell at me if, if I shouldn't have used your full name. But um, she was the first. She, so that was a case where her teacher, well, her kid's teacher was grooming him. And she followed those mama bear instincts. And she's going to tell us what transpired after that. Michelle, welcome back to Black and White Radio. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. So, so we got about two minutes, um, and I'm, I'm going to bring you back in the next segment. But um, lay it down. What actually happened? And what 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 were you able to do as it relates to grooming and teachers? And it was the first case in the nation as well. That's correct. So this case set precedent in the United States, um, and this was back in 2010 when he first started texting my son. The case went to trial in 2013. And the who, and the who is the and teacher? Now, right, he is the teacher. So it was. So the teacher was a Morris High School teacher, and he had texted my son and solicited him over text for sex and wanted to make a sex video with him and had several other things that he had put out there um, on text message. And it took us three years to actually get him convicted. So that's more of the story, really. Um, but we do have the first and sadly to date only grooming conviction in the United States. Wow. So the story. And this yeah, happened here in Illinois, Morris, Illinois. Amazing. This happened here in Morris, Morris Illinois, Illinois, right? Okay. Wow. Right. Right. Small farming community. I'm like, you don't think it's going to ever happen to you, let alone in a small community like that. Correct. So 
yeah, it was devastating. Um, but I'm hoping that by telling this story, I can, for one, one at least let other parents and um, kids know that it's okay to come forward and um, for parents to realize what they need to look for. And then um, also we're trying to get some legislation passed. And and there's been no legislation in the state of Illinois for this yet? So, funny story. So, um, back in 2010 when we started this, there was no legislation. By the time we got him, um, by the time we went to trial and got it convicted, grooming became a law. It was written into law in 2012 and became law in July of 2013. And we were supposed to go to trial or go to court, at least in um, August of 2013, he was going to take a plea deal and ended up not wanting to take a plea deal, wanted to take it to trial. And God's hand was all over this because had we even gone to court two months prior, this wouldn't even have been a law. So um, the first state's attorney that we were working with was not doing anything, dragging his feet for two and a half years. Um, had to get was that Helen? Service involved. Was that Helen? Nope. Oh. Holland was the one that got him convicted. Nice. What county so is it this? It was in? John Bates. Kind of, I mean, more uh, Grundy. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Michelle, we got to go to break, but I, but I, I want, I want you to when we come back from break. I know these guys have some questions, but I want you to talk about when we come back from break. What are those signs? What, what, what alerted you? What did you see? Uh, and what, it, what, what was the behavior of your child uh, after you saw these signs? Because I think more people need to understand. Because I think grooming is is, is going to be the biggest issue. Uh, going forth with our kids, especially in schools. Um, so, Michelle Peterson, okay. um, we'll be right back. Thank you. This is Black and Right with John Anthony uh, on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Before the break, we were talking to, oh, excuse me, Michelle Peterson. Hey, Michelle, was that a male male teacher and male student? It was. It was a male teacher. Yep. He was a baseball coach, and he also coached uh, shop. So surrounded himself with all boys. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I don't have a yeah. question for you. I just have a statement. And this is how we tell people in the street, this is a big world, and people get lost in it every day. And that guy would have got lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would, you, would you come up with the pickup truck? <laughs> no, we get yeah, the guys he's, together. He's, he's lucky that um, I have a good head on my shoulders. Well, that's I true. did everything the right way and yeah. prosecuted him. And, you know, and like I said, God's hand was all over it. We, we For two and a half years, we were fighting with the state's attorney's office. And um, they just pretty much wanted me to go away. And, you know, my he must have been connected. He must have been connected, right? Possibly. Who knows? Yeah. I, mean, I have no idea. He must. It, that's what leads you to believe that maybe he knew somebody on the inside or somebody on the inside was involved in some way. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but that's what you start to think after a while. Yep. Um, and it took the school actually helping us. They were the linchpin in this whole thing. And the principal at the time um, had met with him and did like an, an exit interview with him, the um, union rep, and then also with the superintendent and asked him straight up, did you ever offer 
you know, Andrew Money 406 said you want to make a sex video. And wow. he referred to his penis as my little guy. I'm never going to get to see the little guy. Oh. And he put his head down, shook his head in affirmation and said yes. Now, the principal had told the state's attorney for over a year that there's stuff in the personnel file they're going to want to see, and he wouldn't get a subpoena for it. So the principal calls me in and says, hey, this is, you know, we have this personnel file. He's going to want to see what's in there. And at this point, I have no idea what's in there. So I go down to the, the state's attorney's office. I said, can you get a subpoena for the personnel file? And he said, well, what could possibly be in there that we would need? I said, what skin is it off of your back? Just get it. So the school, knowing how much trouble I was having down there, they had their attorneys actually um, have me come in and sign off on it because of the HIPAA loss, my son being a minor right. and his name being all, being all over the, the documents. <clears throat> so I was able to read what was in there. And went back down to the state's attorney's office, and I said, and again, we're about two years into this by this point. And I went down there, and I said, listen, I said, um, I know what's in there. This is what's in there. If he's not arrested in the next seven days, I'm going to have every major news station on your front lawn. Okay, okay. And Tell us what was asked, in it now. We got to know what was in it. Right. So that's what was in there. He asked, the principal asked the teacher straight up, did you ever offer Andrew money for oral sex? Did you want to make a sex video? And uh, did you ever refer to his penis as my little guy? Uh, and he said that he put his head down, shook his head in affirmation, and said, yes, this was typed up in the... Oh, okay, okay. Was he still teaching during the investigation? So once my son came forward and said what was in the text messages, they put him on paid leave, and they suspended him at that point. Right. But that was almost a year into the investigation, because here's the other thing, is because my son was 15, turned 16 in 2010, I always take his cell phone. I'd look at text messages. I would look at the apps he had on there. I'd look at the emails he right, had right. on there. Michelle, Michelle let me stop and, you right there because we only got about two minutes left. Sure. Because I want you to talk about what 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 are the, what are some of the things parents should be doing with their with their kids and their their um, devices, and what were some of the signs that you saw? What alerted you that something wasn't right between your child and this teacher? So that's one of the things. They need to be checking their cell phones and taking their phones at night. They need their phones when they go to bed at night. Had I done that, I would have seen a bunch of these messages coming in. He would text my son, you know, during the middle of the night, 10, 20 messages coming in, and my son wouldn't respond. And then the other thing, too, is there's a new app out there called Bark, B-A-R-K. Yeah. And you can actually have text messages that your kids going in or out can come to your phone. You can set this Step up on your phone and your kid's phone, and you'll get the messages coming in and out that they are getting. You can set up for different keywords. You can set up for body parts or for cuss words, things like that. So you can see those messages coming in or out. Um, the one thing I wanted to actually say is that what we, what I did find out earlier this year when I met with a sex trafficking investigator, she was telling me about a case in California, the Luisa Mundo case. They busted 123 different sex trafficking cells. And I started telling her about my case, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I'm meeting you. We use your case for every trafficking case that we bust because you have your case with such precedent in the United States. So they have to prove the grooming in order to do the trafficking. Wow. So what we're trying to do now is get a law put in place in all 50 states whereby somebody charged with grooming cannot take a plea deal. That's why we have the only case, because yeah. they end up taking a plea deal. Is Jed Davis your state rep? He is, and he is all over this with me. So he's amending our current law. We found out through this whole thing, Illinois is the only state that has a grooming law in the books. And so they're using our grooming law for model legislation in Florida, and they have their law in underwriting right now. And we're trying to put that in place. Jed also put in place 
that he, he's going to take us um, in January with the proposed amendments that they wouldn't be able to take a plea deal if they're charged with grooming. Also, they wouldn't take a plea deal if they're charged with trafficking. Wow. Hey, Michelle, what was he charged uh, with? What kind of time did he get? So he was charged with solicitation of a minor and unlawful grooming. He ended up getting charged with 180 days in jail. He ended up serving 30 days. That was What? And, oh. Yep. Yep. And it's because it was his first offense and he didn't touch my child. Did he have to register so as a sex offender? Only for 10 years. This is the 10th year. So after this year, he will not be registering as a sex offender. Right. Hey, hey Michelle, Michelle, hold on. I want to bring on somebody uh, really quickly. Peter. Hi, good afternoon. Hi. You, you said you, you got a similar case like this. What's happening? Yeah, my name is Peter Stamatis. I'm a lawyer in Chicago. And we have a case that's pending right now against Elmwood Park High School and a teacher who was there. Um, it, it happened uh, between 2004 and 2008. It was a young, it was a freshman girl. She's from a home that had a little bit of uh, trouble. And there was a coach who so-called took her under his wing, um, started training her, and that led to a whole uh, uh, sexual uh, grooming, uh, sexual abuse that's laid out in a lawsuit. Wow. And and it's just awful. And so parents need to be aware yeah. that these things, unfortunately, yep. these things happen. Wait, but Peter, Peter, uh, Peter, Peter, Michelle, hold the line. I wanna, I'm want i going to keep you guys on the line. We'll finish you off. Finish off in the last um, segment because uh, this is very important to me. Uh, you're listening yeah. to Black and White Radio on AM560, The Answer. We'll be right back. And now, more Black and White with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back. Black and White Radio. With John Anthony, the troublemaker, Fast Daddy. You said fly by, fly what? Oh, fly boy, fly boy. or fly guy. Fly guy. I like fly guy. Fly, fly guy. guy. I like fly boy. You like uh-huh. fly boy? Okay, <laughs> fly boy. All right, before the break, we were talking to Michelle Peterson, uh, who has the, actually, the first conviction on, on child grooming and... Uh, Attorney Peter Stamatis joined the conversation. Hey, Michelle, is the, he's not um, this person? This individual is not back um, teaching. teaching or anything. No. So that's the other thing. If he could no longer teach again, um, he had to register as a sex offender for ten years. Paid a twenty four hundred dollars fine. Um, a whole twenty four hundred. A whole twenty four hundred. Yes. Yep. Wow. Now, attorneys, the modest, you would, you would, I had to cut you off. Could you go ahead and finish what you were trying, the statement you were trying to make? No, thank you very much. So, look at, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a parent of, uh, of, of children who've been in junior high and high school systems. It's very important for parents to be involved, to, to watch what's happening, uh, fathers in particular, to be around, uh, to be aware of what's happening. That if the teacher's spending a lot of alone time with your child, that's, that's an issue. Uh, everyone's got to wake up and, and watch this very carefully. So watch for patterns of behavior. Um, par- teachers should not be confiding in students, in high school students, about their personal lives. Sure. And school districts need to be aware, and they need to watch, and they need to be held accountable. School districts cannot just let teachers have personal relationships with students in school or out of school. There's a, there's a difference between a student, uh, a teacher-student relationship, 
on that level and one that turns into some sort of friend, uh, friendliness or something that crosses lines and boundaries. We, everyone's got to be very aware of what boundaries are to make sure that these boundaries are are crossed. So we've taken this up. Uh, uh, my law firm has taken this up as a cause because we're parents and we care and, and we're here to help if something happens. But most of all, parents have to wake up and be aware and watch for signs and call them out when they happen. Right. Peter, it sounds like there's there, there's some synergy between what you're doing and what uh, Michelle doing. Uh, I'd love to connect you guys if that's okay. No, I appreciate yeah, that. That would be great, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Michelle, just in, in the last minute, what, what can people do to get involved? Peter, hold the line. So to get involved, definitely to get involved. So America's Future, which is with Jen O'Flynn and Mary Flynn O'Neill, they are actually coming out. We're doing a summit at my church at Fox River Lutheran Church in Sheridan in January. So January 26th and 27th, and they're gonna, it's an anti-trafficking summit. And we're also doing a training in Northwest Indiana and in Highland, Indiana, in March, and that's going to be from March 11th to the 16th, and it's with ARC, it's the Association for Recovery of Children. So if people want to get involved and actually know the signs, symptoms better, how to help these people who have been trafficked, help them in the court system, those are some ways that you could do that. Um, and I could give you information that you could post on your YouTube channel later so they have more information for that. I really, th- I really thank you all for tuning in and coming on the show and explaining your situation. We will be reaching back out to you to talk more about this. You all stay tuned for more Black and Right. We'll be back right after these messages. Prepare to have your mind opened. The lies of the mainstream media are about to be exposed. And the hypocrisy of the left is about to be revealed. This is a revolution in how you think about politics, race, and culture. You've tuned into Black and Right with John Anthony. On AM560, the answer. All right, got the music. These last couple of months, we've been entering exercises about Marxism, reparations, and things of that nature. Well, we're about to do an exercise on the attack on capitalism and the economy by black nationalists and black liberationists. Pete, hit my clip. A normal man, black man, doesn't work day and night only to give his money to a white man. You have to be abnormal. But of course, the white man has to make you feel that that is what? Normal. And that is the American way. And you're doing what you want to do, and nobody else can tell you how to spend your money. You are now expressing American individualism. And what it means to be free. Isn't it strange? And watch it, ladies and gentlemen, every means by which the normal African American defines his freedom ends up supporting white folks. To prove that he can live anywhere he wants to, he's got to move into a white neighborhood. To prove that he's free to go to any school he wants to, he goes to a white school. To to prove that he can spend his money anywhere he wants to because he's a free man, he spends it with white folks. You understand? Yes. 
White man feels as free as a bird and feels no compulsion to live among you and does not feel that his freedom is infringed upon at all. Doesn't feel any compulsion to go to school with black folk. He doesn't feel like he's unfree because he's not going to school with you. He doesn't feel that he's unfree because he's not spending money with you. Because he's not laying in the bed with you. And all these other kinds of things. But the Negro, in order to feel free and express his freedom, must spend and give his money and his labor power and everything else to everyone else but himself. That establishes him as a free individual and a normal individual. So then normality, you see, ladies and gentlemen, more than a psychological function, is a political and economic function. Because as you express your normality, as you express your law-abiding that, you maintain a system. Now, for you all that aren't familiar with that voice his name is dr amos now i'm starting out light this week <laughs> we're going to get into the ideology next week and so forth to the beginning of the year because this is a topic i want to stay on this is called the shaming of the black individual to keep you part of a group thought i call it crabs in a barrel once one crab gets to the top it's another crab that pulls you back down because they don't want you to stray from the group. They want you all to stay in that barrel together. So they shame you as an individual when you do well for yourself and you want to get out of that bad neighborhood. You want to move to a nice neighborhood around other people. It doesn't matter what color they are. You're not thinking about that. You want to uproot your family and have your wife, yourself, and your kids do better. But they shame you. They call you names. They tear you down. That's who the black intellectual is because they have an ideology that they can't move unless they move as a group. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to explore this deep. I got some information that you're going to hear next week. And since I'm hosting the show next week, I'm going to go in depth every hour. It's not going to just be this one segment. It's going to be every hour. And you're going to really find out what these people think, how they think, and how they want to tear down this society. They want to tear down the economic system, and they want to tear down this country as a whole. And we have to put up a united front, all of us, no matter what color, no matter what race, to stop these people, or we won't even have a country to salvage. So I only got one thing to say to these people. Pete? What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Wait till next week. We gonna get into oh, it. Oh, you think this is one of um, Barack's um, protege oh, yeah, or mentor mentors? Yeah, mentor. Because he talks about oppression a lot. Yes, you know that's one. That's one thing that I do agree with Vince in his book Twenty Five Lies. You should read that book, Dovalon. I think you would like his Twenty Five Lies book. Listen, Wait. I don't have no, no no ill will towards the guy, and I, I I know he knows what he's talking about, but it's just that you can't. And, and I say this to anybody of faith. You can't force feed somebody what you think. That's You're no different than the left when you do that. You just you have an open dialogue. You talk to people, and you try to get people. And live, a, live the life of faith in front right. of Right. And you try to gradually get people to your side by making sense. Yeah. And if you don't think you lost your freedom when you go into jail, and you lose <laughs> your family, you lose all your money, you lose all your belongings, and you come out as poor as a church mouse, 
then there's something wrong. You're not man. living in reality, brother. I would say I, I would be listening next week, Vlon, but I'll be at Freedom Summit. So I know you're going to be doing your thing, man. <laughs> I get, You know, you got to go and, you know, talk, shake hands and, you know, knock out two-month-old babies, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's all right. You're the face of the show. You got to go uh, and do your thing. You're going to have a great breakout session. Yeah, yeah. You're going you're gonna to meet Corey Rand Brooks. Paul. The guy that I wanted to be president first before I got gravitated to Donald Trump. Oh, my God. You get to meet Rand Paul. I'm upset. Well, you can live vicariously through me. I will. <laughs> and Judge Janine's going to be there as well. Yes, that's what we were just talking All about. All right, now, you, you done with that? Yes, I'm done. Okay, now we can start, Bob. Let's talk about uh, Bob Flaga Allegra. <laughs> Hi, John. Nice to see you again. Yes. Nice to be here. Thanks for having myself and, and Eddie next to me. Um, as you know, my story's a interesting story. Uh, I was targeted by... Uh, the FBI, because they decided, their informants decided they needed to have a plane and a pilot. Somebody watched a movie called America Made. I remember that. And told me after this proceeded that I was better pilot than Tom Cruise. (laughs) Well, I can't do the stuff he does on TV, but I was a pretty good pilot. But they decided they wanted to have their own plane, and they clearly told me, they spent two and a half years trying to make me an informant. Yeah. And, um, but but talk about why you you flown. I mean, you, you probably can't talk about who you flown, but you flown I've, a lot I've, of influential. I've people. flown every influential person, not only Democrat, Republican, sports celebrities, everything. Uh, uh, Saudi Saudi kings family, of countries and King King of Ghana is a dear friend of mine. Yeah. Coming to be staying at my house in a couple of weeks. You'll meet him. Um, and and I don't think they really knew how influential I was, but when they did. Then they, when I had finally met them, and this is jumping the story a little bit, they wanted me to go, and they would pick and choose who they wanted to target. Yeah. And they clearly told me, they said, we've never met anybody like you. Well, I find that hard to believe. I'm not that <laughs> special, but, you know, I do have access to anybody that you want, and including President Trump. I've never met the man, yeah. but I was told there was a pardon sitting on his desk at the very end that uh, he had done for about 3,000 people, and mm. supposedly mine was in there. Really? <clears throat> so we need to get him back in office so that no, I don't want a pardon. No. I want you justice want be, now. Yeah. Now I want justice, and yeah. justice is going to bring a civil penalty to the federal government. That if so, if, take us into that journey. What happened? So what ended up happening is they decided that uh, they wanted a plane and a pilot. So they started asking me if I would fly money from Chicago to Texas, and I got together and I said, "Listen." I don't know if it's legal or not. Let me contact an attorney. I went and saw an attorney. The attorney said, listen, as long as you don't know where the money's coming from and you don't have any idea and you don't leave the country, it is perfectly okay to fly cash. Now, I will tell you that I, with some of these customers that I've flown their airplanes and they've been in the currency exchange business, it's nothing unusual to pick up money, have documentation, and fly around and, and do that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, the Saudi family, when they came in and boarded my airplane, they had briefcases of cash. Totally legal. They came in on the airlines right. and came out of O'Hare. Um, so my attorney said it was perfectly fine. Well, I flew these people about six times, always going south. Only about three times that I know of did they ever have suitcases, and I have no idea what was actually right. in the suitcases. But immediately they started saying, will you fly drugs? And I kept saying, no, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Well, after every week of them coming into my office and realizing, and you can tell, and I got some phone calls from people 
saying, hey, these guys are all informants. They're trying to get you to fly drugs. Don't fly drugs. The crazy thing is that there's transcripts showing him saying no. Like really? Several meetings, him saying, Bob, we so want they were to recording drugs. as well. Oh, this yeah. is all recorded. And Bob says, no, I'm not doing it. I've never done it. No, no, no. Yeah. One of the informants. Well, we, we, we gotta continue. we'll continue this after the break. Because this is a very interesting story, because I know a lot of people haven't heard it, but it's very interesting. Uh, you listen listening to Black and Right. We'll be right back. We now return to Black and Right on AM560, The Answer. Here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560, The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in the studio. Okay, Eddie. Eddie. Oh, no, I was about to do it. <laughs> Eddie. Okay. It's a very important question. And you must answer it correctly or you got to leave the do- the leave here. <laughs> I was not the third gunman on the grassy knoll. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Marvin Gaye or George Michaels? Better singer. Who's oh, better it's singer? Marvin Gaye. I mean, there's, oh, it's not even close. You Vila, know what? Vila, you're I, just getting ruthless. I reading. think these, these white dudes. You're talking dudes about George you... Michaels from Wham? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's. It's not. Even I think these white dudes it's that Michael. come into the studio just want to have a black friend. No. So they say, what's, well, you know, they just they just think it sounds good to say Marvin Gaye. It, Marvin Gaye, you could listen to all day. Wham is like kind I of, didn't kind say of Wham. So, I didn't say Wham. Okay, George, George Michael. So, so so he calls him George Michaels with an S. Okay, I, to me it's Marvin Gaye. He's just, and this is going to probably sound crazy, but. Black musicians have way more rhythm. They sound oh, better. Ouch. If you truly like music, then like I love blues is awesome. I love blues. It's, Except that guy who's saying it's you, you you want to talk about the greatest music ever? Listen to anything Motown. See, my man. See, Falon, you need some help, Falon. I you can't argue with none of that, but <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> All right, it's too many, it's too many men in here. We yeah, you're right about yeah. that. <laughs> Sausage Don't fest. Set the mute. It's gonna get scary when he puts some Barry White on. <laughs> yeah. then, then you know we're you're not setting the mute mood. Man. I was uh, never, I was never hooked on Barry White. Oh, I, I love never, Barry White. Milan, you man, you're a black card. You do not have a black card. You come to man. my house. I got Barry White playing. I got Lou Rawls playing. I got all Lou Rawls is good. Oh, Milan, you Lou need Rawls. help, bro. Man, listen, it's just some people I just don't take to. Oh my god. Hey, I'm gonna blow your mind. I don't, I don't take the Stevie Wonder all that good either. What? I don't. I just don't. I never. Next, did. you're gonna say you don't like what? Diana Ross. I love Ross. Diana Ross. <laughs> Wrong. I love Diana. Oh my god. Go ahead, Bob. Bob <laughs> I, I'm speechless. Go ahead. Finish your story, Bob. <laughs> so this dude. They spent two and a half years trying to continue to make me an informant, and it became comical to me after a while. But uh, I made the fatal mistake believing in a judicial system, and and I decided to play games and say, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and fly drugs. So I cannot say that I did not say. That I would fly drugs. You saying you did not say that? No, I did say that. Oh, so because I I had also told I was also told by one of their people that there wasn't going to even be any drugs there. And Eddie Eddie's here. He's read the file. There was clearly no drugs there. Um, so I went out to California. Well, I saw the documentation, and you know. <clears throat> I went to California to buy, to buy and sell an airplane that day. That was actually my mission. I bought an airplane. I sold it to a customer, and on my way back. I had told them, yeah, I'll take a suitcase back to Chicago. And uh, they came with uh, books and weights in a suitcase with uh, eight of the hottest-looking FBI agent ladies really? to board the airplane. Oh, yeah, they look like they must have gotten movie stars um, from somewhere. <laughs> they knew that 
they were going to flip him into being an informant. Yeah. When you read the transcripts of that quasi post arrest or quasi arrest, Bob asks him, are there even drugs here? And this guy says, no, we don't use drugs. There's books and vests in there. Books and vests. That's essentially what was in a suitcase in which they wanted Bob to believe was drugs. Right. Bob never knew it was in it because he never looked in it. Right. And it, it's the post report or the post arrest report from the field agents say that. I mean, the amount of documented evidence to show entrapment is like off the charts. Yeah. In fact, you wouldn't believe it. It's so outrageous. You wouldn't believe it till you read it. Then you're like, oh my God. It's I, I asked him, I said, is this whole thing just to make me an informant? And both FBI agents at the same time go, yes, yes. They, they literally admit to that. Wow. <clears throat> and they said, if you cooperate with us, you can walk out of here today a free man. Oh, pushing that pressure on you, huh? Yep. The pressure we talked about earlier, yep. right? Wow. So, so, so what's happening now? So, I oh, wait, are you done with the story? No, I, I spent 34, year, 34 months in uh, Terre Haute. I got sentenced to 65 months. Um, I was convinced that I would not get found guilty. Um, matter of fact, I kept fighting with my own attorney, and I said, listen, this should be a conspiracy charge. It shouldn't even be an attempt to possess drugs. There was no drugs there. And my attorney kept selling me a terrible bill of rights. So you had a bad attorney. I had a bad attorney that I think really cuts deals in the back. I, I, I'm truly convinced that the feds cut a deal with prosecutors for one guy for another guy just to get convictions. Wow. And so I pled not guilty. So my, my attorney says, I don't want to take this to trial. I said, I'm going to trial. I go, there, there was no crime that was committed. He says, what would you do not to go to trial? I said, tell him to strike the drugs just like there wasn't any. So the indictment says... And the indictment's only a four-day indictment from March 20th to March 25th. And it says that I attempted to possess a detectable substance of cocaine with intent to distribute. With no detectable cocaine. Well, but that's what the indictment says. (laughs) So hold on a second. Bob's getting a little ahead of himself. Yeah. The indictment simply recites the statute. Okay. That's all it is. There are no facts. There are no allegations. The indictment simply. Yeah, it was a one-sheeter, right? One pair. It's a copy and paste of the statute. The statute requires a detectable amount of drugs, and rightfully so, because otherwise you could have any corrupt cop say, hey, you're transporting drugs when you have clothes in a suitcase, right. and they could make any fictitious case they wanted against anybody. Right. And the reason they couldn't use conspiracy, because everybody was working for the FBI. <laughs> All the co-conspirators <laughs> yeah. are either agents or informants. Sounds like something would happen in Michigan, huh? With, with the oh, governor. yeah. <laughs> Sounds and, and like what you see how that ended. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, uh, I, I, I'm just so glad that you came out on the other side a better man. Uh, I know you want justice because we talked about it during the break. But do you believe in this United States of America that we're living in today you could ever obtain justice? You know what? You're going to have to ask me that when this is over with. Right now, I don't think it's possible. And the reason I'm going to tell you that is when I was away, I had somebody helping me. And they had employed an attorney for me. And the FBI came to visit that attorney and told them that if they continued to work and help me, they would make sure he would lose his license. Wow, Wow, look at that. Now, here's where it gets better. I've gone to, and I'm going to put a plea out on the radio, John, Uh and they can contact you. Any federal attorney that wants to help me, and we have all the motions ready to file, we need 
good attorneys to file the motions. I've gone to half a dozen attorneys, and I can rattle off their names. Some of the best attorneys in the city of Chicago. Don't want to do it. And they don't want to do it. What they come back and say is, we would consider taking your case if we could just plead you on the fact that you're actually innocent, not the fact that there's judicial error and prosecution. Well, what does that mean, Eddie? It it means that the system is corrupt (laughs) and everybody will do everything to hide the corruption. Yeah. Like I call the Northern District of Illinois um, arrogance, ignorance, and incompetence because that's what it is. Even when you catch them lying, documented lies, the judges protect them. Why is that? Because where do the judges all come from? Most of them come from the U.S. Attorney's Office. Um, And you know the thing about it? On a state level, uh, police officers couldn't get away with half the things that the FBI Because judges are elected. Correct. Appointed. Correct. Yeah, yeah. but what ends up happening, John, and and you haven't seen this yet on my case, is we file motions. Mm -hmm. And I've had an attorney file a motion 60 days ago now. Yeah, judges just won't answer. Wow. When they don't have an answer or their answer doesn't fit their narrative, they just let it We filed a motion in October of 2020 that the federal prosecutor lied. Complete lie. Wow. The judge has still yet to rule on that motion and come back to it. The prosecutor, after I sent a letter to John LaRouche, the prosecutor just happened to take a vacation. Oh, he's no longer He's no longer working for the city of Chicago or the feds there anymore. Wow. He, he went to private practice. Now, the only reason you go to private practice, nobody leaves the government. I mean, it's just too cushy of a job, mm-hmm. and everybody is addicted to the power yeah. because – Face it, a federal prosecutor has unbridled, mm-hmm. unlimited power. He'll be a judge. With no accountability. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, or a congressman. You'll become, <laughs> or you'll become a judge mm-hmm. where it, gets, it really gets worse. And, and I'm not saying all the judges in Chicago are bad. They're not. Because I'm sure there's some good yeah. ones, yeah. but there are some awful bad ones. Yeah. Judge Krentz, he's not a federal, but he's, you know, he's out in Kendall County where I'm at. I, I love Judge Krentz. Um, I got a good buddy right now, Carlos. Uh, he's now a judge in the 23rd. Um, Hopefully one day he does get up. Both of these guys, if they want, if they so choose, will become federal. And the Seventh Circuit yeah. Court of Appeals? Yeah. Is, oh, yeah, of course. They're it's garbage. like a monkey show. Yeah, and the Ninth. It's, it's, don't forget the Ninth. Yeah. The I don't know much about the Ninth. The Ninth is the worst. California. A, a ton of experience with the Seventh, and it's they're literally a joke. Well, California. So Don't New forget, York, I got that plea for any attorney that would come and help us just to look at my cases and put their name on my case and help us file it. There you go. Antonio, hey. Antonio Kip, hold the line when we get back. We're going to hear your story next, Eddie. You listening to Black and Right? We'll be right back. It's this show the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about. It's Black and Right with John Anthony on AM 560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right. Let's go straight back to the phone lines. Kip from Stillman Valley. What's up, brother? Hey. You know, thanks for taking my call. You know what, man? I- I'm going to try to keep this not as low as I was when I came in from doing the things outside. And 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 really say that, listen, we have an enemy that is sitting right beside us that you may not know where they're at. But if you're a gun owner, you better know how to use it. But don't waste your ammo. <laughs> so whatever ammo you have, you better be thinking about buying more and get it and hold it. Yeah. 
Because, listen, J.B. Pritzker said if you don't register your weapon that you don't even know if it's legal or not legal, that, well, what's he going to do? I mean, really, what are those gun law that he, that, are you still there? Yeah, we're listening. Go are ahead. you listening? Yeah, go ahead, brother. I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I'm not scared at all. And believe me, where I live, there's plenty of places where you can dig holes. Oh, gosh. And if anybody comes and threatens me, my family, or even my neighborhood, it ain't going to take long but to take it out, you know? And, and, and I'm just mad. I mean, right now, I'm just mad, upset. I'm not scared. I'm mad. And I don't really want more to say but to give it to you guys because you guys have have your heads on. Thanks yeah. a lot. Bye. Give, give, buy cash. Guns, uh, you buy cash. Don't use a credit card. That's you go for real. <laughs> Let's go to Antonio Timothy. What's up, brother? Hey, John. From the Bronx. We're live. How's it going, brother? All right. I'm sitting here with my new black and white radio swag. So everybody out there, go to blackandrightradio.com and get your yeah, stuff Eddie. here. <laughs> All right? Yeah. All right. Tell Eddie that. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Number two is, what a story. Again, like I said a couple months ago, that there's, you know, it drives me nuts when people say, well, there's some good people in the FBI. No, sorry. Everybody that works for the FBI, even the janitor, should be locked up. Wow. <laughs> and then burn it totally down. Don't. No, really, all of them. I'm sorry. Everybody is complicit. Um, you no longer have a law enforcement agency that's enforcing the law. They're creating, they're creating crimes because they're easy and because these people are lazy. And they just, you know, say, hey, you know what? We're going to entrap everybody. Wait, you, wait, 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 wait. You mean, you mean how all of a sudden that um, Governor Adams from New York is headed to the White House, coming to talk about what Joe Biden's not doing, and then, next, you know, he doesn't meet with Joe Biden, has to leave, because his campaign per- finance person, um, the FBI pulls an indictment out on him. Is that what you're talking about? You, you've already yeah, promoted you, him to you, governor? Yeah. Oh. You know, it's like, uh, it's mayor, like mayor, sorry. <laughs> mayor Adams. Dang. It's like Sean says, we got a bunch of wannabe mobsters. You know what I mean? That's like just a shot across the bottle. Like, hey, shut up. Stop talking about immigration. Stop being criticized. But yeah, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. I, I love your, I love your uh, analogy about the FBI. There's only one thing I have to correct uh, correct you on. When when Herbert Hoover put the FBI together, it started out corrupt. There was never a, an honest organization to begin with. Their job was to take all the dirt and smut on every single person and yeah. and put a file on. And the president can wipe them with with with, 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 with the pen. The, well, the president I, I of the United never, States. They went after the but, presidents right from the very beginning to be able to make sure that they could never get blackmailed, and he could never. Herbert Hoover could never get. It was J. Edgar Hoover. But yeah, what about Hoover the special right. team? What did he, he say, put Jeff? To, Yeah. What about the special team he put together to go after the bootleggers? They were legit guys. <laughs> oh God, Vlad, I hate you. <laughs> Vlad's a trip, baby. Any any a trip, Antonio? <laughs> All right, but but that's that's it. Just it's got to be done away with. Yeah, every, every, almost every federal agency, all of them. I mean, and plus they turned against the people. They turned against the people. They yeah, turned the against. Is, you know, like like I always say, and I since Obama took office and he put all these, gener, you know, this generation of people to work who don't believe in God, don't believe in family, don't believe in America. They're a bunch of Marxists. Berlin, I love what you're doing, with Marxism. Thank you. And, and 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 that's that's what we have now. Yeah. And but, and. and it's, it's, you know, you have a, uh, a bunch of dissolution, anti-American, 
anti-Christian people running this country. Well, you know, and I uh, think when you talk about the FBI or you talk about any of these federal organizations, I think it would be easy to fix as long as you take the reward system out. You can't reward prosecutors and agents for more criminals that they catch because then they immediately try to create more criminals themselves so they get rewarded by the people they put into prison. How about we not only do that and punish them, punish them for breaking the law? Yeah, that's a big problem. Hey, bro, bro, please, um, uh, you know the three-letter agency listens to radio. (laughs) (laughs) This is Federal Airways. (laughs) Have you noticed that all these America-hating people never leave? Yeah, no. That's oh, a crazy that's thing. True. Remember Thank when you, Trump Tony was going to get arrested? Or get, oh, hold on, one Trump last thing. One last thing. Really quick, we got 30 seconds. One last thing. For sure. For sure, George Michaels. Thank oh. you. Oh. Thank you. Oh, my God. God. Dude. It's like pulling teeth. Antonio, I bet you your wife wouldn't say that. I know your <laughs> wife wouldn't say that. Listen, that's not. That's a different subject, okay? No, I guarantee you she would pick <laughs> Marvin Gaye. I know this. She would pick Marvin Gaye. What's wrong with you people? (laughs) Take care. What's wrong with him? He's from the brook, too. Bowling brook. Dummy. After the break, I'm going to tell you something. We'll be right back. Black and right continues on AM560. Once again, here's John Anthony. Welcome back to Black and Right Radio on AM560 The Answer. I'm your host, John Anthony, live in studio. Guys, don't forget, blackandrightradio.com. Let's support suicide prevention services. But, Vilan, do you remember this song? Um, I uh, had the remember incredible this? To this. honor of working with Daft Punk, Pharrell Williams. Watch this. And we wrote an incredible album um, called um, Random Access Memories. And we wrote... It ain't hit you yet? Um, no. That's a white boy. That's a white boy. Take me back to my Jerry Curl days. Villa, that's a white boy. Did you ever? Did you ever? Did you ever wear a Jerry Curl, John? I didn't do nothing. I know you got naturally wavy. Did you use Soul Glow? I almost pulled it out of you. Did you use Soul Glow? Monica, I didn't have to. Not I, even, I, not even Murray's. I, it was huge. I had curls, man. Not even Murray's. I didn't have to. I had, I had a TCB. All I had to do was wet my hair, and it was just curly. See, see? just jump out of the shower. Well, we didn't have a shower. <laughs> so, <laughs> we were too poor. We didn't have a shower. I had a TCB. I, I had the strongest curl you could have. Not an S. <laughs> you know what, man? The first you time can I see what got you now. That's why I'm bald. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have my grandma. Did my grandmother have a shower? I don't remember if my grandmother had a shower. But we didn't have a shower. Right? I didn't. You know what? They they didn't build a lot of showers yeah. back in those days. Yeah. My, my house on 83rd and Anthony, we didn't have a shower. Even the building over on 93rd yeah. and Laughlin, we didn't have showers. We Eddie, didn't have showers in those buildings. Eddie, you have a story as well. My story is similar to Bob's, but yeah. a little bit different. Well, tell us. So, Do tell. I'm a firm believer in the justice system. Yeah. I believe that it works, and or at least I believe that it should work. And people who have never been in trouble have no idea what the corruption in the system actually is. Mm-hmm. So I had never been in trouble as a kid. Never right. needed an attorney for anything. And one day I get into a civil suit with uh, a business partner or someone I did business with, and that drags on for a few years. And then it turns out that their lies ended up getting exposed and it doesn't prevail. Well, then one day <clears throat> I was playing hockey and I get a phone call from my wife and says, hey, 
the FBI is here and they want to talk to you. I'm like, okay, I'll be home in 15 minutes. So I get home. I interview with them, talk to them for, and this is in 2012. Talked to them for, I don't know, 45 minutes at my house. They asked me if I would come to their office two days later and do talk to them some more. So I say, yeah. yeah. I mean, I got nothing to hide, so I'm going right. to cooperate. And I've always been taught when you cooperate with the police, it's usually cool. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I've had a ton of par- or traffic tickets. Yeah. And I've never had a bad experience. Can I tell you something? Post police never talk to the cops. Never talk to the FBI. I know ever. that now. <laughs> Believe me, I know that now. Ever. So, that's the last time I talk to them. I go to their office, talk to them more. I don't hear from them. Then I'm at work one day, March 30th, 2016, and two FBI agents show up at my work. Yeah. And they want to talk to me. So they're asking me about stuff that happened seven years earlier, eight years earlier, and. It, and and I said, you know, you guys are making such a big deal because they're threatening to arrest me that if I get arrested, I'm going to lose my job. And they wow. said, you know, if you tell us what we want to hear, then, you know, we can do this tomorrow at our office. And I'm like, well, what is it you're looking for? Tell right. me what you want me to say. And if it's true, I can say it. And she's right. like, that's not the way it works. And it hit me. No matter what I tell them, I'm getting arrested today. Right. Wow. wow. So I literally took my watch off, put it on my desk drawer and took my was in a suit and tie, took my tie off, and put it in my drawer, and they're like, what are you doing? I said, I got nothing else to say. They called the prosecutor and said, hey, he didn't say what we were looking for. What should I do? And they placed me under arrest. Wow. So <clears throat> I go down to the federal building, and I'm just sitting there, and I have no idea what I'm being charged with, none. Right. And I'm sitting in a holding tank by myself, and the craziest thing is I was not nervous at all. It was like, you know, just like sitting in a normal room, and one of the guards comes in and says, what are you here for? And I said, to be honest with you, I don't know. They haven't told me. And the guard is like, I hate it when they do that to people. Wow. So he goes back and looks, and he says, it's something that happened in 2008. And I'm like, still don't know. Now, keep in mind, this is 2016. Yeah. So um, I, they let me go. I go in front of a judge. <clears throat> and at this point, I had no idea the, what's going on. A public defender comes in and talks to me and says, I'm going to represent you during this hearing. You know, we'll get you out of here. I go in, they give me an I-bond, and I leave. Well, I left everything at my office. My phone, my wallet, everything is there. I'm like, I don't even know how to call somebody. I walk out, and my wife is waiting for me in the lobby. And they had told her. And I'm like, well, wait a second, because I want to read this indictment. Right. I said, I have no idea what it is. And I read through the indictment. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is, this is like a joke. Right. And then the public defender said to call him in the next, you know, couple of weeks because my first court date wasn't for maybe a month, month and a half later. And I had contacted attorneys, went and talked to him. And here's the crazy thing, how, how really messed up the criminal defense attorney mm-hmm. um, area is. Relationship? Not a relationship, just the whole business racket yeah. is they look at my indictment, they read through it, and they're quoting me $100,000, $120,000. And- I mean, he's done nothing but read it and haven't even asked a story yet. I'm like, this is this is insane. So I go back and I meet with the public defender again to find out what's my next. Mm-hmm. What do I do next? Mm-hmm. Before I hire an attorney, what do I do? And he sells me on the fact that he can use all the resources of the United States government to that defend fear, me. that pressure, that pressure. And I had no idea at that point because I'd never been in trouble, right. so I had no idea that that right. was like the worst path to go down. But but they really 
the, the thing that stands out the most, he says, do not talk to anybody about this. Yeah. Had I talked to people about it and told them what was going on, I would have gotten way better advice. I would have wow. went and hired a different and guy. And, and th- one of the prosecutors now a judge or something. And, and there's some. Oh, yeah. So, all, all this came out after the fact. So we, um, We'll talk about it after. The break. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. It, it, you can't believe it happened until you read it and you're like, oh, my God, that did happen. Wow. We'll be right back. Back to Black and Right with John Anthony on AM560, The Answer. Welcome back to Black and Right with John Anthony. I am his co-host, Verlon Galloway, and I want to jump right back into it. Uh, Finish your story. So I go in front of the judge for an arraignment, and at this point I have no idea how the law actually works, and I don't know... Um, what the procedures are. So I go up in front of the judge and judge says, I don't know if I can hear this case because I worked in the United States attorney's office during it. Now what he left out is what his title was. And he looks over to the prosecutor and said, did this ever cross my desk? And the prosecutor says that I looked at all the sent emails. Now keep that in mind, all the sent emails. And I didn't see any being sent to you, but he didn't say I didn't look at all the emails all the deleted emails, right? you know, all the emails that he received. He just said all the sunny emails. Real quick, um, RB from YouTube makes a great point. Eight years after, well, no statute of limitations? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yes, there's statute of limitations. What I was charged for. So after the fact, I find out that the original investigation started in 2010. Oh. So there's a grand jury document, and the grand jury shows what year it starts. So, But that's the first grand jury. There was actually three grand juries. So they couldn't produce an indictment on the first grand jury. And then what I get uh, charged with happened in 2011. Wow. So if someone's going to open an investigation on you, they're going to look at something before 2010, right? They could find nothing. The craziest thing is, you know, I didn't realize how squeaky clean I was until you go through six years or seven years of an FBI investigation and they have to fabricate a crime. Wow. So I don't know any of this. At this point, I, I have no idea. The judge looks at the prosecutor. Prosecutor says no. So I get shuffled out of there, move on my way, end up going with the public defender. And after it all shakes out, I go to trial. They offer me a plea agreement. I'm like, this is, this is all lies. There's nothing in this plea agreement that's true. I'm not taking it. And I told my attorney from the get-go, this ends two ways, dismissal or trial. Right. And... After the fact, I know that we're limited on time. After yeah. the fact, it turns out that my judge was actually the chief of the criminal division during my investigation. Whoa. So he oversaw my investigation. So there's plenty of law out there that you can't prosecute or you can't adjudicate a case that you prosecuted. How did he not recuse himself? Well, it, that's great because he's, he doesn't have to recuse himself. He's disqualified. There's right. a difference right. between okay. recusal, recusal and disqualification. Recusal. Because he never disclosed it. Wow. So there's also, there's also laws out there to protect against this. So he just didn't listen to him. So, oh, I appealed it, and that's when I realized. But I didn't know at this point, I didn't know that either. So we had found out that the FBI agent lied to the grand jury. And I'm not talking a normal lie. I'm talking a fabricated lie. Yeah. But in, in the interest of time, we're looking at a minute. So what's, what's, what's happening now? There's going to be a motion filed to have it 
all thrown out and and basically call the judge out for what he did. Yeah. And there's there's no denying it. I mean, it's so well documented. He was barred from hearing criminal cases for a year. Wow. They didn't bring my case till after that year had passed. Can I ask you something? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, okay. That's right. Just so you realize, so this same chief of criminal division was not only the magistrate judge, but also the judge hearing the case. Wow. And on the record, yeah. it clearly says wow. I shouldn't hear this case. Well, we, go ahead. We, okay. Really quick, really quick. Did, did you do time? And if you did, how, how long? I did. I did 20 months. I was yeah. sentenced to 48, ended up doing 20. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's the end of the show, guys. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Eddie, Villan, Pistol Pete. Uh, don't forget, um, Belly of the Beast coming up next. Yes. I will not be here, housekeeping. I will not, not be here. I want to play a little clip of the number one song across all. No, you know what? No, I don't. Yeah. yeah number one on, song across, across all genres right now to end the show. Dax and Darius Rucker. Being a man is what you make it. You can't always live up to expectations. You try to please everybody while you struggle, so you fake it and end up out of balance, compromising situations. As a good man, do what he should, man. I'll give everything he has and do everything he could, man. You might find yourself feeling all alone inside a house you built that you. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.